Hello, everyone. This is Leadership Talk with Adegoke podcast. This is the 40th episode of Leadership Talk with Adegoke podcast. I'm so privileged and honored to have with me Anne Murphy. Anne is from Oregon in the United States of America. Uh, we're going to be looking at leadership and fundraising. Awesome, awesome topic. Leadership Talk with Adegoke. Um, We've taken so many topics, leadership and innovation, uh, leadership and purpose, uh, leadership and forgiveness mm. was last Sunday. Uh, we've had leadership and sales. We've had leadership and women, leadership and men. We've had leadership uh, from all areas, you know. So uh, I'm just so privileged to have with me uh, Anne tonight. Anne, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Adagoke. I that um, the episode on leadership and forgiveness sounds fascinating. Thank you wow. so much for having me. This is your 48th or your 49th? 40th. 40th. 48th episode. It's a privilege. No, 40th. 40. 40. Okay. Thank you for having me. It's exciting. Yeah. I appreciate it. Excellent. Excellent. How is Oregon today? How's the weather? So this is this is one of the times of year that it can be really hit or miss in Oregon. So a lot of people know that Oregon is really, really rainy. Uh, but then in the summertime, it's hot and arid, just completely dry heat. And right now we're in the middle. So we had 80 degree, 85, even 90 degrees last wow. week. And now it's gray and gray and sprinkling you know so it's not like there's not a huge fluctuation but we pretty much have two seasons rainy and sunny but the nice thing is is it's really beautiful because it rains so much everything is super green excellent 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 wow you're welcome now tell us who is Anne? Anne morphe (laughs) (laughs) it's such a good question and it's also existential so I do think that one of the one of the words that comes to mind when I describe myself and for sure when other people describe me is leader. And that was just I was born with natural leadership skills. And to be to be honest, for a long time, I didn't want them. I didn't. There was was so much responsibility Mm. that came along with having leadership skills and having people say, you know, you're a leader, other people are looking up to you, you know, it's, it's kind of a lot. So when I was younger, I didn't really own that aspect of my leadership, which I have grown into. So I have to say that one of the words that I would use to describe myself is leader. Um, I think uh, I'm really super motivated by achievement. I've always been, you know, a high achieving person. And I do distinguish that from perfectionism. Perfectionism is its own world and it has pros and cons. But I'm, I'm really, I really enjoy being high achieving and I like being around other people who are high achieving. Um, And, and I'm very, very caring. Like as, as a leader, I really believe in, caring about people personally so in my work life um you know i don't really subscribe to the whole there's work and there's life and you got to have this balance they're they're blended together and so i think you know between you know being high achieving and caring about people those are some of the 
the main things. Um, and then other words, other things I would say to describe myself, I'm a mom, I, I have two kids. I, well, I have two biological children and a stepdaughter and I have two dogs and wow. I'm, I'm mom everybody, you wow. know, um, <laughs> whether they like it or not, everybody gets snacks. Every <laughs> Wow. Wow. So you, you, you care for everyone. I do. I take really good care of people around me because that, um, well, it makes me feel good. I, I believe deeply in the magic of helping others. I, I know that if I'm having a bad day, the number one most surefire way to turn a day around is to do something for somebody else amazing awesome right if you're having a bad day think about something you can do for somebody else it changes your brain chemistry it, wow. it changes it changes being inwardly focused you know mm -hmm. you gotta mm -hmm. you gotta you do something for somebody else and then all of a sudden things are just vibrating differently in your life wow. you know wow. so wow. i remember i remember you know one of my mentors uh been to uh, dallas dallas texas Mm -hmm. uh, Zig Ziglar is late now. You know, uh -huh. Zig. Mm -hmm. Zig says that you can get everything you want if it would help enough people get what they want. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You have to. Things, good things will come to you naturally if you just do the right things for other people. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's, that's what is happening now. I mean, I, I'm so privileged to have you on this podcast. If I didn't, uh, to start the podcast would never would have been able to meet you know i know and now you know? here we are yeah yeah that's it you know so it's such you know I'm just, it speaks to what you know to what you just said about you know you caring and you know helping other people get what they want uh Absolutely. making sure they're happy and you become yep. happy you know yep. our yep. joy comes from helping others yeah you know yeah it's not about awesome awesome wow uh so how did you get into leadership i know you've spoken about your yeah so um i think it came from a couple of different a couple of different directions one okay. is um a little bit unique and i'll share that i was always so i'm tall i'm six feet tall and so you know like lots of young women i you know grew and and was done growing by the time i was 13 or 14 years old Okay. And one of the interesting phenomenon that goes along with that, and it's not uncommon, it's not uncommon for young women who are tall to be expected to be a leader. You're, wow. you're thought of as being older than you are because you might look older, yeah. you know, because you're not as small as other people. So you look like you're older. Um, as you know, leadership and height, you know, people tend to, Associate, right? Yeah. They mix them together. If someone's even, tall, they think they're better in the past, you, You're chosen to. You know, yeah, to you're the one. And so, you know, being tall at an, you know, at an earlier age, I had a lot of that stuff, you know, like put on me and expected of me. Good. But at the same time, I was also raised as an athlete. And so I developed those like natural skills, like resilience Super. and yeah. teamwork. You know, I developed those skills that then translates into good leadership. So I had Excellent. the, 
I had stuff coming in from the outside, you know, people saying, oh, you're a leader or, oh, you know, you should be mature enough. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you need to be the one to, you know, set the, set the stage for people. And then I had the internal stuff happening where I was developing these skills that really kind of create the foundation for leadership. Awesome. Um, and I would say that, you know, being in fundraising, there are, it's a, it's a, it is, it is a great career path for high achieving people. Wow. And um, in many ways that really fit, fit well with kind of growing me as a leader because I am always operating on a high level, right? I'm working with leaders of organizations. I'm working with powerful people. I'm working on high visibility projects. Wow. And so little by little, you just refine those skills. And wow. so now, I mean, it's, you know, I'm 47 okay. and I would say in the last you know, five years, my leadership skills really like all came together. And now I can trust myself in almost all situations. Wow. I can trust myself. Awesome. You well know. Done. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. But why do you, why do you say your leadership has really come, what has made it come up? You know, what has really yeah. made it I would say one of the biggest things is that for a long time, I thought I would know like what's the right path to go down, but I would question myself yeah. and question myself and question myself. And so it would feel unnatural when I finally mm. made the decision. It felt like it had just been through the ringer, you know? Yeah. It wasn't organic. It was okay. more labor intensive. Maybe I would ask other people. Maybe I would wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it, you know? Yeah. And now I feel like, okay, there's a connection. There's the intuition. The intuition okay. is there and it's refined and I can trust it. Okay. And there's the skills, right? Okay. The actual craft of okay. being a leader. Okay. And then there's the intellectual aspect that I have that I learned from other mentors or I learned from reading. I learned from, you know, everything from people like you, from yeah. my friends, you know, my friends and my network and my connection okay. who taught me how to be a leader and people who have been willing to say, hey, you know, on that one item, I think you missed the mark. And awesome. getting awesome. to the getting to the point in your life where you can be surrounded by people who will tell you the truth. Yeah. That is an achievement. Wow. And so that's wow. one of the things that happened. So, so, so you, 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 um, you were intentional about becoming a leader. Absolutely. And you, and you, you made yourself available to uh, critics. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I always, I do have boundaries though. On okay. criticism. Yes. And here's my perspective on criticism that I think works, it works in both directions. So, yeah. you know, we used to say constructive criticism. Yeah. And I really like the notion of constructive criticism because now we call it feedback. Yeah. Okay. Feedback. I think tends to be an excuse to say whatever you want. 
Okay. Whereas constructive criticism is outcome oriented. It's, you know, All right. right? It's, I'm going to put something into you to make you better. Can the yeah. word constructive, you're constructing something. It's yeah. active. It's okay. I'm, I'm investing in you. It's not lazy. Right. Yeah. And, and there are boundaries around it. It's like, you don't, if you're, if your intention is to give constructive criticism, you're going to yeah. do it in a kind, thoughtful manner for the yeah. most part. Whereas I think feedback, it's kind of this, um, it's like a free pass to say whatever you want and not have any outcome intended. I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> a lot of fans I never, of it. I, I never saw it this way. You know, this is the first time <laughs> I'm going to be having someone, you know, really break it down. And uh, it makes a lot of sense, you know, because um, feedback, you know, it could just be, you know, you don't feel there's any obligation, you know, just you can just, yeah. Yeah. Feedback is something I think of, you know, at the restaurant where they say, give us your comments or give, you know, feedback, you can send feedback in an email, right? Yeah. Feedback is to be ignored. Feedback is a light treatment or an insincere treatment a, and constructive criticism is a two way street. And I, I, yeah. I, the only thing I ever ask with people is, you know, don't, tear the person down don't yeah. do that tear them down to build them back up your um guidance needs to be delivered with kindness yeah or not at all wow wow keep it to yourself if you don't have the skills to deliver to deliver you know constructive criticism with kindness you're not qualified wow 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 <laughs> Wow, amazing. Now, tell us, what's the um, relationship between leadership and fundraising? Do, do, you, do you require setting skills to raise funds as a leader? Yeah, it's such a good question. I think the, the most important skill in being successful fundraising is listening. Wow. And as you know, through all of your work, yeah. Um, and everything that you've accomplished in your life and all the leaders that you've met and the mentors that you've had. Yes. And you've chosen to do a podcast. So clearly, I mean, the, the power of listening, it's magical. Yeah, it is. it is. Right. And it's not, you're not just, and the same thing with leadership. So you're not just listening for the sounds. You're listening for the pauses. Oh, yeah. Right. You're listening for what's not said, hmm. right? You're listening for are someone's shoulders up or other shoulders down. Hmm. This means I'm not comfortable. This means I am, right? Hmm. This means I don't trust you. This means I think something bad's gonna happen. This means, so it's listening. It's listening in, a, in the global sense of the word. Wow. And I think that's, in fundraising, it's the only way. You can't be successful without being an excellent listener. Wow. And in, in and I have a podcast. Sorry to cut you. I have a podcast. No. One of uh, the past podcasts, our listeners can listen to that. You know, um, it's called Leadership and Listening. And oh, it's nice. one of the most um, listened to of, of my podcast. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and, this is so, and the same thing is true with leadership. You know, you have to be able to listen. And I'm often amazed by how if I'm clear on what the person needs from me, whether I am, you know, because sometimes people need you just to listen. Okay. And sometimes need you, people need you to help them problem solve. Excellent. But going into that knowing which one is it? Am mm. I problem solving? Or am I just listening? Because those are two different kinds of listening for me. Okay. You know, so I think that skill of listening applies to fund being successful in fundraising as well as in leadership. That's one of the main ones. All right, excellent. So um, now, what what's the um, consequence of a leader not being able to raise funds? Mm, lots. So. Oftentimes people are fundraising for organizations that they are the founder of, or they are a leader in, or they are a volunteer, or they are a paid fundraiser. So there's always a lot at stake, right? Okay. Oftentimes it's, you know, it's the health of the organization, it's okay. relationships, it's, you know, the beneficiaries, whether they are kids or dogs or pets or, you know, whether it's, civil rights or you name it whatever the cause is like yeah. it's serious business it's it important is. or else we wouldn't have a nonprofit because business would have solved it or government would have solved it yeah right these are problems that don't have obvious solutions so okay. when those leaders founders volunteers or paid fundraisers are out there fundraising there's a lot on the line wow. and so with the leader um, with when the leader is the fundraiser, one of the things that's at stake is that usually there are a group of people who know that there's a fundraising project going on. Okay. Maybe you've published it. Maybe it's a public campaign. You know, maybe it's out there in the world, or maybe it's just a small tight knit group of advisors and confidants who know that you're doing fundraising. Okay. Well, a lot of leaders don't uh, leaders a lot of leaders still fear rejection yeah that yeah <laughs> right <laughs> right rejection yeah. nobody likes it but in fundraising when someone says no the thing that the thing that people need to get comfortable with is that no very rarely means no forever okay so it, it just means usually need yeah. more, more information yeah it means Okay, now it's time to go back. All right, talk to me, partner with me, teach me, tell me, you know, because it's either not the right project, not the right amount, or I wasn't the right person to ask them for the money, or the time is not now. So wow. some leaders will fear the rejection because they haven't given themselves permission to hear the word no okay. and not go crawl into a, a, a corner. Okay. You get told no, but no is just, it means this is part of the work in progress. Wow. So one of the consequences for leaders who are doing fundraising is, you know, for me, the biggest problem is if they take that as rejection okay, and they don't pursue this, hmm. they won't be successful. And then they're going to have to tell all their friends they didn't get the money. Wow. 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 Nobody wow. wants to be that person. Yeah. 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 Right. Good that's a, that's a sad one you know yeah yeah, yeah. amazing yeah. amazing so now um 
for example, if I'm a leader, what are the steps? You know, how do I raise funds? How do oh. I go about raising funds? One, okay. two, three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So where would we start? All right. So I think that all right, I'm going to start with like, here are the bare minimum. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So That's fine. Let's say, you know, you're a leader and you have a cause that you founded or that you lead or you love. Hmm. You need to be able to articulate the difference that that cause is making in society. Okay. In a way that other people can resonate with. Okay. So you have to have your value statement, right? Okay. And you have to be able to articulate it. You have okay. to be comfortable with it. And if it means that you have to sit in front of the you know, mirror and say the same five sentences over and over and over again, wow. then that's what you do. Wow. Because this is your craft, right? You don't wake out, you don't wake up in the morning and know how to make a pair of shoes. That's right. Right? That's right. You don't wake up in the morning and know how to market your nonprofit that you love. Hmm. You have to practice it. You have to hone it. So you need to be able to, you know, describe your organization that you lead or love clearly and in a way that inspires donors. So okay. yeah, baseline, let's say you got that taken care of. Um, the next thing you need is you need to know what are the opportunities for donors to make a difference. Wow. So, you know, every, every organization has, you know, all these priorities, right? They want this, 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 this. That's great. And you should have lots of priorities, all these, this great vision, this great mission, 10-year plan, five-year plan, whatever it is. Awesome. But donors are only going to support some of those things, <laughs> right? They're not going to agree with you that all of those things are exciting, Relevant. interesting, worth you know, their personal investment, et cetera. So, after you can figure after you can describe your organization in a way that's compelling to donors the next step to, step is to determine how donors can make a difference okay okay, okay. how yeah. can the donors make a difference how much does it cost all right do not think well we need a new building but i'm not sure how much it costs and i'm going to go start talking to donors you have wow. to know you know, let's say you want a children's summer camp. Okay. How much does it cost? Mm. Right. There's no point. And it's really hard. Sometimes it's really hard for people to say, you know, this is what it costs to do this job. They'll say, well, it costs this much, but we could probably get by with this much. Okay. And we could probably grab some money from other. No, just what does it cost? Okay. Specific. All right. Specific, how much does it cost? Okay. And that's the number that you're giving donors. You're not giving them, this is not a bargain basement deal. This is, this is what it costs. Okay. Um, and, and then from there, you can go a number of different directions. But what I'm going to assume is that we already have a donor in mind. Okay. Okay. So then what you are doing with the donor, there are four R's. Okay. The first R is right team. Okay. So you got to make sure that the right team is going to talk to that donor. Okay. That could be the CEO. It could be the student from the, you know, the kid from summer camp. It could be the person's neighbor. 
Okay. You got to figure that out. The four R's, right team. Okay. okay. Right timing. So wow. you, by now you've already asked the donor enough about themselves and their lives that you know when is the right time okay. to come and talk to them about their gift. Awesome. Right? Did they just have a crisis? Uh, do they have a kid getting married next week? Do they have 12 kids in college? Like, got to have the right time. Awesome. You got to have the right amount. What's the amount? Wow. Right? Okay. I already talked about that. Okay. Got to know the amount that you're asking them for. Yeah. And then the right project. Wow. <laughs> so, right. So you got to have right time. No, right. Right, right, right team, team. Yeah. Right time. Right. Right, right amount. Right, and right project. Wow. Four hours. Four hours. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Well done. You do a good job. You know, it's, it's, it's a see if I'm, you know, this is like a job interview for you. It's all. <laughs> I'm not trying to put you on the spot, you know, but I mean, we're, we're really, I'm sure our listeners, you know, uh, for those who are just uh, coming in, uh, been speaking with Anne Murphy. Anne Murphy is, um, you know, from Oregon. She's a professional. She's uh, a fascinating lady and she's adding value on leadership. Talk with Adi Goki. Uh, we're looking at leadership and fundraising. Now, Anne, I, I just yeah. want to ask you, where can you find, uh, the right people to talk to. I, oh. I, yeah. The the right donors to talk to? Yeah the, yeah, the right donors, yeah. Okay. All right. So there's okay, that's a tough one to tackle, but I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take it from two different angles. One okay. will be short and the other one will will be a little bit a little bit more of a deep dive. Yeah. So, of course, it's like any other marketing funnel, right? You have to have traffic, right? Okay. You got to have no like trust. Okay. You know, you're, you, you want, you know, it is a numbers game, right? So with donors, it's just like with customers, you're going to have a certain number of people who need to know about you and like your product and all that stuff. And eventually you're going to nurture them. And then, you know, you're going to have the high ticket clients and the low ticket clients. Okay. Okay. So let's put that aside because that's mostly for like, you're going to get a lot of bang for your buck out of marketing and communications when you're trying to build, build your organic traffic. Okay. But let's say that you are really zeroing in on the people who can make those gifts of like $50,000 and up. Yeah. And you, so one, I'll give you just a couple of ways to go about finding those donors. Okay. Um, one is maybe they've already made gifts to your organization. Okay. You know, if you have someone who has given you five dollars twenty-five right. years in a row, that's a pretty good sign. Yes, it was only five dollars, but they are philanthropic. You don't awesome. have to teach them to make gifts because they already make gifts. So that's half the battle, right? right. Or maybe you have someone who usually gives you, you know, $750 every year, but then this year they gave you 1500. Okay. You know, you see someone make a jump like that. So what happened? Right? So you're going to start thanking these people. You're going to start calling them and emailing them and sending them notes and saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
And I have a couple of key questions I always ask people, and I'll tell you those in a second. Okay. Um, so you're going to start looking from within. You're okay. going to look at, so you've lo you're looking at the people who are already giving to your organization, and then you're going to look at the people who are already volunteering for your organization. All right. So giving is treasure. Volunteering is time and talent. All right. We want all three. You want mm -hmm. time, treasure, and talent. Okay. So you're looking at the people who've already given. You've looking at looked at you're looking at the people who volunteer. Yeah. Um, you're also going to look at people who give to similar causes. Okay. So kind of just like a um, when you're you know how it when you're marketing you can look for like look alike constituents. Yeah. So okay. comparables. Yeah, comparables. So let's say somebody gives to you know the. Um, swimming team, they may also be interested in supporting the um, diving team. Okay. You know what I mean? So you're looking for similarities. So you can see a lot of that information is publicly available. Okay. okay. Um, you're going to pay attention to, you know, specific donors who are in your local, you know, local, whether it's a crowdfunding thing online or it's, you know, a story gets written. So you're just going to, maybe you're going to put Google alerts out on gifts for certain kinds of things. Okay. Um, but mostly I think those are going to bubble up from the major gift donors are going to bubble up, kind of bubble up from your network. All right. And in order for you to separate, you know, the donors from like the major gift donors from the others, at this stage, it all boils down to asking questions and listening. Wow, wow. So, do you want me to give you some questions? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So here, I have a whole guide I can share with your listeners, share with your viewers. Um, I have a guide on asking, on, on questions to ask donors that will help you figure out right team, right time, right, right program, right project, and right amount. But, okay. um, you are going to ask them questions like, I start with my number one. Okay. My, my number one question is, and I'm going to ask you right now. Okay. 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 Adagoki, what is the first time you ever witnessed somebody making a gift or you received a gift from somebody? Wow. The first time I, you know, was when I was, um, you know, much younger, you yeah. know, I think, um, you know, my dad, it gave some, someone a gift, you know, yeah. and I was there and, uh, you know, and I was fascinated, you know, by, by that, you know, I, I even thought, you know, was being too generous, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> you thought your dad was being too generous. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cause you know, it was a sizable amount. Uh -huh. And uh, the first time I also received, did you say the first time I received a gift or I gave oh, a gift? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the first time I received the gift was uh, when I was also much younger. You know, um, you know, it was like, you know, uh, a family friend gave me a gift and I was excited, you know, and I look forward to seeing the person uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> all the time. Then the first time I also gave a gift, uh, you know, uh, someone, not donation, but, you know, was yeah, at the birthday party, 
you know, I took a gift and the person was so excited, you know, so I could see that, you know, so for me, um, you know, giving gifts, it's a way of um, adding value and it gives you, uh, it uplifts your spirit and it makes you even uh, much more fulfilled in life. Yes. Okay. Yes. So let me ask you a follow-up question about when you saw your dad give that gift. It sounds like you were feeling a little bit like maybe you were confused about the size of the gift. Yeah, I was wondering, you know, you know, why why that kind of, you know, lump sum or you know, something big, you know, why can't you just, you know, just give a tip rather yeah. than yes. something, something yeah. sizable? Yes. Now, did your dad give that large of an amount because there was something going, something special about that person? Or was it that he had the money available or what? He had the money and it was also, he's also you know, my dad was very generous okay. and uh, that was his nature. Yeah. But obviously, he must have uh, had some kind of exposure, sure. you know, some orientation, you know, yeah. because I, I don't think that people just give, you know, uh, just like that. You must yeah. have had, you know, some kind of training or, you know, you must have seen the benefit of doing that because giving gifts, it's, it's, uh, it's a positive thing. It's not a bad thing. Right. So, uh, yeah, it, it shows that the person has a healthy lifestyle you know right yeah. right 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 okay so you know so for your listeners um yeah. a couple of things that I, as a fundraiser that i just got from our conversation is i learned that for you as a donor most likely it's going to be important for you to see the people who benefit yeah. from yeah. the gift yeah because you talked about people being happy and people being excited yeah. Seeing that impact that the gift had, that it made people excited. And you said that you look forward to seeing the person who gave yeah. you that gift. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So to me, it means that, okay, it would be probably pretty motivating for you to make a gift if you can see that impact. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I also heard that you understand that giving is healthy. The yeah. giving is valuable to the person who's making the gift. So now I know I don't have to convince you that giving is a good idea. Yeah. Right. And another thing I heard is that from your dad's example, you know that, you know, if you have an opportunity and you have the capacity, if you yeah. have the money, if you have the whatever that treasure is, if you mm -hmm. have it, you can give it away. Some That's people right. don't know that. <laughs> they don't know that giving it away is a thing. They think if they have the thing, it means keep it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you are already a philanthropist. Yeah. I know that about you on the inside, just from that one question I asked you. And that's the, that right there is my, is like anyone who ever is feeling weird or nervous or awkward about talking to somebody about their money start with that question. You say, I am so fascinated by why people make gifts. What is the first time you ever saw somebody make a gift? What is the first time you ever experienced a gift? And then you just go. Wow. 
Wow. Awesome. 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 Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. This is this is really, you know, it's uh you know, it has to be learned, you know, because uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, so no one like knows how to do this stuff naturally. We don't have like fundraising schools. Well, we have a couple of them. Well, I think we have one. We have lots of conferences and all that kind of stuff, but it's a it's the kind of thing you have to learn either learn it by doing or have a mentor. Or you know, yeah. you can start entry level job and work work your way up, but you know, so what I think is that the more the people like me can pour out into, you know, leaders who need to fundraise, you know, founders, volunteers, even paid fundraising professionals, the more that people like me can pour out into the world, there'll be more great fundraisers out there helping donors make awesome. good gifts. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I just want to follow up, you know, follow up question, because I know this is, uh, you know, we can't, you know, really talk about fundraising and talk about all the issues surrounding within this uh, uh, short time frame. But I want to appreciate you for the value that you bring to this podcast. And I'm sure that the listeners all over the world will be benefiting from your wealth of expertise and knowledge. Uh, thank you so much, Anne. Now, um, for do, do you have to be really like a relationship person before you can do fundraising? Because some people are introverts, you know, they don't just feel like reaching yeah. out to people. Do you have to be, you know, an extrovert to, to, to be as a, you know, as a fundraiser? You don't have to be an extrovert, but you do have to have the right mindset. All right. You have to. Um, and the mindset piece is it's regardless of personality type. It's regardless of introvert or extrovert. It's regardless of all that stuff, but you have okay. to have a mindset. Um, introverts struggle. I'm actually an introvert, but okay. um, so introverts can struggle with fundraising in that it can be tiring, you know, because yeah. yeah. you're spending a lot of time with other human Try beings. to convince people. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking like all, all day long. I'm on Zoom 12 hours a day just talking to people. Wow. So for an introvert, that's challenging, right? Um, but the introverts are the ones who, I mean, I don't know. I would I would not want to have a fundraising organization of just extroverts. That's for wow. sure. Wow. Got to have the introverts in there. But you, but it, But everybody has to have their mindset right. They have to know that fundraising is not begging okay it's not twisting somebody's arm okay you're not salesy you're not slimy you gotta <laughs> know this is a noble thing to do okay you gotta know that donors don't wake up in the morning knowing you know how to make a gift you don't just like call the university and say hey i want to make a gift no you work with somebody like me there's okay. no there's only me there's no other option <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. You know, so people have to know that what the work that they're doing as a fundraiser is noble and meaningful and rewarding. And there's a piece of it, and now you got to bear with me, but there's a piece of it that is sacred. Because okay. when we're talking to people about philanthropy, we're talking to people about giving, we are talking about their fears, their hopes, their dreams. We're talking about 
family trauma. We're talking yeah. about joy. We're talking about, I mean, the deepest held human emotions are connected to money and giving money away and doing something good for people. So if, if someone is into that, it's almost like being a therapist in some ways, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. An introvert can be a fantastic therapist. Okay. Going deeper and deeper and deeper. Sometimes extroverts can't can't get there as easily. Wow! 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 Yeah. Amazing. You know, um, for those who are just uh, listening, you know, just joining in, is speaking with Anne Murphy. Been talking about leadership and fundraising, a leadership podcast. Uh, leadership. Uh, we talk with Adigo K podcast is uh, is a very um, you know impactful one. Uh, sessions that we had on different topics of leadership and um it's it's in this is the 40th uh, series uh, 40th episode um i'm i'm a certified uh, john maxwell speaker uh, trainer and um you know it's just it's just a way of giving back uh, to the society just to add value now i also have my courses on udemy uh, world-class customer service i have um Fundamentals of Business Etiquette and Personal Grooming. I have um, Professional Selling Skills and Crisis. That's on, on Udemy. I have my course, uh, my books on Amazon, uh, Customer Retention and Experiential Approach, and I also have Selling in Crisis. So if you'd like to pick it up, and feel free to uh, visit our website, firstdegreeconsulting.net, 1stdegreeconsulting.net, so you get a lot of stuff. Uh, that would uh, add value to you. We also have a free uh, ebook, Customer Retention in Crisis. That's on our website. Now, um, and you said so much about fundraising, but I want to ask you. Now, for those who are foundations, you know, uh, sometimes you feel that, you know, uh, how do you sustain it, you know, mm. to have donors coming? again and again and again mm. don't you get weary yeah you get worried that somebody might stop giving yeah yeah for sure so you know just like customer retention i mean the the most cost effective next donor or next customer is the one you already have okay. and so it's really important that you're paying attention to your relationship with the donor and you're demonstrating impact to them. Okay. So in, like in your case, if I were, if, if you made a gift to an organization and um, I wanted, I wanted to be very sure, let's say you gave a million dollar gift. And so I was like, okay, we gotta be sure. We gotta be sure that he feels good about his gift. Okay. I think, you know, based on the conversation that we had earlier, I would be thinking about things like, let's be sure that we get to connect him with some of the beneficiaries, some of the people who he okay. has helped, okay. right? But also because I heard you talk about happiness and excitement, yeah. I think, you know, I would want to find out from you, are you interested in doing, you know, a fun event? Like, mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes you've got a board meeting versus a, you know, a street party. Yeah. Are you the board meeting person or are you the street party person? Like, you know, you want to find out what each of your donors, um, what makes them feel like they've made an impact. You might have like three different types, three different avatars in mind. Okay. Um, so yes, demonstrating impact and communicating that impact is really important. 
Awesome. Um, also, um, there's a lot of advantage in getting people into recurring commitments. Okay. So sometimes, you know, you want to bring people through the front door of your organization. You want to get them doing monthly commitments and then it's like set it and forget it. Right. You easy peasy, just get wow. them giving every, you know, every month, month in month out. Wow. Um, another way to do it is to, you have to obviously have a, a great CRM okay. and you want to be a customer, you know, relationship management, um, uh, database yeah, yeah. and so you're going to keep track of people that way as well so you're going to know okay so and so just paid off their pledge or okay. they're about to pay off their pledge in three months okay. you need to start talking to them about their next gift and wow. their next gift wow. and their next gift wow 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 amazing amazing <laughs> you are super you're super <laughs> and this is this is mind-blowing you know, um, we we might not be able to exhaust this on uh, leadership and fundraising, but I just have two more questions to ask. Okay. Um, as a leader, you know, do you always have? Can, do you have to build a team? You know, for mm -hmm. for your fundraising, or you have to be the the key person all the time to do the job. So it's such a good question. And what I'm going to share is that at this point, I try to find as many opportunities for myself to step aside and let somebody else do it. Okay. Let somebody else have the experience, get the success story, get the quick failure, recover from it. You know, let somebody else get those reps. Because I've done it for 25 years. I've had 10, wow. 000, tens of thousands of conversations with donors. Wow. I don't need to keep doing, like, you know, I, I don't, <laughs> for me, it's just another day in the life. For wow. somebody else, it's an opportunity for them to practice and flex and be seen and get that experience. So I look for as many opportunities to move to the side. And wow. it's especially easy for me because I recruit amazing human beings to work with me. Wow. wow. Only, only A plus humans. Wow. No, no. I only work with kind people who work hard. And they have a heart for the work. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I don't care. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how cute you are. I don't care where you went to college. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care what car you drive. I don't care about any of that stuff. Well, you must have a heart for it. It's yeah, you've got to have the heart for it. You've got to be kind and you got to work hard. That's wow. it. Wow. That's wow. It. And wow. then as a result, I can step aside. I took a month off of work last year. Wow. I just and I just went to Utah and went hiking for a month. I had wow. no cell service and my team ran everything. Awesome. We raised awesome. 20 25 million dollars. Wow. And I didn't even come to work for a month. Wow. <laughs> Wow, amazing. Well done, well done. Yeah, well I done. know. I was like, yay. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you must have been so proud of your team. Yeah. Oh, I love them. They're everything oh. to me. Yeah. Yeah, I love wow. them. Wow, love them. wow. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Finally, finally. <laughs> who are your mentors? Because you know, you 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 really showed up tonight. You've added so much value. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, I have had just the most 
beautiful mentoring relationships in my in my life. Um, and my first one that changed me forever was a woman named Mrs. Muehlhauser. Okay. And she ran this track program okay. in my town. Okay. And of course, you know, you sign up for a running program and you're and I was thinking, okay, I'm here to learn to run fast and to run for a long time. Like yeah. you're just running. But what I didn't know was that I was learning all of these other lessons. Hmm. And one of the main lessons she taught me was that it is possible for other people to believe in you more than you can even believe in yourself. Wow. Like if you need other people sometime, like you need, you need people around you who believe in you. Like, and that's what I do with everyone I mentor. The main thing is I believe in you. You may okay. not believe in you, but I okay. believe in you. So she taught me how to be a mentor by believing in me when I didn't believe in me. Wow. And then the other thing she taught me is positive mental attitude, PMA. Okay. okay. And I don't mean that in the sense of like, if I tell myself I'm going to dunk a basketball today, I'm yeah. going to dunk a basketball today. I don't mean it like that, but okay. I do mean it that words and thoughts matter. Okay. Right. So if you tell yourself, I cannot write a good email or you tell yourself, I do not think that um, I am good at leadership. That doesn't help. You got to okay. tell yourself, you might tell yourself, you know, I'm not yet at the peak of my leadership skills. Okay. But I said yet. I'm not yet there. I'm going to be there, but I'm not yet there. You think I'm struggling with this email. Okay, well, what are my options? I'm pretty sure I can write a good email at the end of the day. So, right. right, you don't say to yourself, I can't do it. You say, wow. I can do it, or I'm a work in progress. Wow. Positive mental attitude. And anyone who wants to come around me and say that something's not going to work, or say that something stinks, or say that so and so doesn't do this or can't do that. Yeah. I have no, there's, my life is too short. I don't want to have wow. anything to do with any of that. And I learned that from Mrs. Muehlhauser when I was probably 10 years old. Awesome. Awesome. That's years ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Anne, for Thank sharing. Thank you for having me. Yes. Yes. It's been amazing. It's been amazing. Uh, I'm sure our listeners will really enjoy this session on leadership and fundraising. I've had me uh, on this awesome, awesome, awesome edition, the 40th edition of a Leadership Talk with Adegoke. We've had with me and Murphy, and Murphy from Oregon, United States of America. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. And if people want to find me on LinkedIn, just yes. DM me. I'll help. If there's anything I can do to help, just put in Ann Murphy Philanthropy. Okay. In Anne the Murphy. search, and it'll come, I'll come up. Okay. Ann Murphy just, Philanthropy. That's yep. on LinkedIn. Yeah. Okay. And just, just DM me, and I'll answer questions. I can send you a free guide. I can do, you know, whatever your organization is up to. If there's something that I can help with, I'm totally happy to do it. So just oh. be your, any of your listeners, just, be in touch with me and let me know how I can help because I would love to. 
Thank you so much. You're very kind. You're very kind. And so on behalf of Leadership Talk with Adigo K, thank you so much, everyone, for joining. Thank you. Thanks for